He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What is good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Sam Humphreys, Taylor Williams, Jim Woodward with you as always. And fellas, we have a lot to get into on this Thanksgiving week. First of all, happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners out there, and especially Woody and T-Dub. We'll get into Thanksgiving here on later in the show, but we have to lead off the show with a guy we've talked a whole lot about, maybe before anyone else was talking about this guy at the Big 12 Championships a couple years ago. That's Ludwig Obert. Ludwig Bear goes out and wins the RSM Classic. Yes, I'll take credit. I know I was picking chalk, but at the same time, I did pick Ludwig to win this golf tournament, and he goes out there and shoots 29 under. Nine under in the final round. Puts on an absolute ball-striking clinic, fellas, to win by four shots over Mackenzie Hughes. T-Dub, what were your thoughts on what you saw from the up-and-coming superstar, Ludwig Bear. Oh, it was an absolutely great pick by you, Sam, but even better is just beautiful golf that O'Bear played. He only made one bogey for the entire tournament. He made two eagles. So he made more eagles during the tournament than he did bogeys. This is absolutely unbelievable. What's ironic is he shoots 61-9 under in the final round, and that's when his bogey came. He bogeyed the par 3 12th hole. It's just unbelievable. He made 10 birdies in the final round, made seven, or I'm sorry, he made, yeah, seven birdies in the third round along with an eagle. And it was just, it, it's absolutely crazy the amount of great golf that he's been able to, to play here recently, Woody. And you look at the metrics as well. Gained more than a shot and a half off the tee. Gained more than two full shots on the greens. Gained almost a full shot approach. Gained mo- almost half a shot around the greens. Just every single aspect of this game was spot on. And I think it's a tale of what's to come of him going to be a multiple-time PJ Tour and major champion. Well, I think we're right on with him, guys. And, it, it you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out this kid's talent. I liked how he played that fifth hole the last two days. He just whipped a driver on about a 405-yard par four right over a marsh area, just like it's nobody's business, like he's hitting a wedge into a green. And uh, 61-61 on the weekend. So when <laughs> it's it's not to say he backed into his first win. Uh, it would be an understatement. I know that golf course doesn't play all that hard, but you still got to go out and, and put the ball in the hole and uh, I don't know. We haven't seen somebody with this kind of uh, talent, meaning w- the whole game, meaning his physical, how far he can hit the golf ball, his short game, his uh, his maturity for 24 years old. Um, I, I got to tell you guys, looking at golf in 2024, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shy away from the fact. I think maybe the four best players in the world now are Hovland, uh, McElroy, Rahm, and this kid. <laughs> uh, a, a bear, as we call him. You're not crazy, uh, Woody. Going to be. You're not crazy D- for saying yeah, I that. Think, I think he is, guys. I mean, I just really believe watching him this weekend play that golf tournament, 
I just saw so much that impressed me, and I, I don't see this guy going away. I mean, I really feel sorry for Eric Cole. Eric Cole had that rookie of the year locked up, I thought. Uh, I really did. Just like, um, you know, when a bear got on the Ryder Cup team, we didn't think Luke Donald was going to pick him. Now, all of a sudden, he won that Masters over there. European Masters and boom, they pick him and it just seems like when this guy has to put something together to get everybody's attention, he does it. So Eric Cole had such a fantastic rookie season, but I'm afraid they're going to give it to Ludwig because uh, I mean, how, how can you not? Ludwig Gobert isn't he able to win Rookie of the Year next year? Because I mean, fellas, just listen to what he's done since April of 22. By the way. Ludwig wasn't even in the Masters until he won this golf tournament at the RSM. Obviously, he gets in with the win, but if he wouldn't have won this week and would have played well, he would have jumped up into the top 50, which he was not in before this week, which is crazy that he just played in a Ryder Cup and was still not in the Masters. Um, Ludwig, since April of 2022... Won the Big 12 Golf Championship. He won the Ben Hogan Award. He won the Eisenhower Trophy. Number one in the amateur world golf ranking. Uh, He broke the scoring record at the Big 12 Championship. He won the Ben Hogan Award again. And then he was fully exempt uh, via the number one in the PGA Tour U. Uh, Got, you know, on to the PGA Tour. First ever player to do that from college. Uh, through PGA Tour U, turned pro, won on the DP World Tour, won the Ryder Cup, now wins on the PGA Tour by, you know, tying the 36-hole and 72-hole scoring records on the PGA Tour. This guy is the next superstar, not only on the PGA Tour, but in professional golf as a whole. We're going to see this guy win multiple majors, and I think anything less than that at this point, fellas, is like a disappointment. He's the Victor Wimbanyama of golf. Yeah, that's a a great comparison there, or like a Megatron type of figure, just because he's so great in every single category. His driver is up in the top five in the world right now, may even be top Maybe up there with Rory with how good it is. Because he just pummels the ball. He smokes it forever. And then his last seven tournaments, he's gained shots with the Irons. And then in his last in those last eight tournaments, seven out of the eight, he's gained strokes on the greens. So you combine all that with someone who can putt. It is truly crazy what the potential is for O'Bear going forward. And you look at to Woody's point earlier about he may be a top four player in the world. He's currently the 12th ranked player analytically. He's the 32nd player in the OWGR. And you look at the guys that are ahead of him, the other 11, like a Russell Henley's right above him. I take O'Bear over Henley right now. Terrell Hatton, I would probably take O'Bear. Then you got like Fleetwood, Morikawa, Homa, Cantlay, Shawplay. And then Sheffler would probably be the one that I would still say he's a little bit better, even though he's the worst, one of the worst putters that we've ever seen. But whenever you just compare how fast of a meteoric rise that he has, just to all the points that Sam was just listed off there, Woody, it it is very superstarish. And I'm I don't want to get bullish because we know how golf goes. I mean, he, he could lose his swing tomorrow, and he could have a, one of the worst years ever. He could have a sophomore slump. But I just I don't see that happening. And I would see a more likely scenario that he gets in one of these and he contends and potentially wins a major championship in 2024. Oh, I think I think he want to go that way. I, I, I truly believe that. I just watched his demeanor and his calm. Uh, like I said, he's, he's mature beyond his years. I haven't seen anybody 
uh, that, that looks this dominating. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, Spieth hit his run. Morikawa's hit his run. Scheffler hit his run. And I sound like I'm bashing the Americans when I say, you know, Rom and, and Hoblin and this young man and, and Rory. Uh, we've, we've still got some great players. But when I just look overall, if, if, you, if, if I had to pick two guys, Victor Hoblin, John Rom, or three guys with this Albert, I mean, if I really put them up against what we have right now, I love Scheffler's ball striking, but we all know he hadn't putted very well for a while. I'm still not sold on Shockley and Cantley. I don't even like those guys anymore, the way they treat the United States. Um, I'm just I'm just looking at American golfers, guys, and I don't see them being as dominating as those individuals we just talked about from the European side. So. I don't know what 2024 is going to bring. We never do. That's why we love golf so much. We're not sure. I think it'd be a pretty good bet that this young man will win again before Augusta. I would not be surprised. Um, could he be the first one since Fudgy Zeller to win the Masters on his first try? Uh, yeah, he, he better not count him out because he can't putt and he can't drive his golf ball. And that's two things you got to do at Augusta. So we'll see, guys. I look forward to 2024. The guy has no weaknesses. Ludwig Bears world ranking, just to talk about the meteoric rise that T-Dub was mentioning. Ludwig's world ranking on January 1st of 2023 was 3,064. He was 3,064 in the world at the beginning of 2023. And today, he's 32nd in the world. Obviously, he was in college, and it makes sense. But, fellas, that's a meteoric rise. And then, to Woody's point of it's not American golfers coming up right now, it's the fact that we might be seeing the first Scandinavian stars that we've seen in the game of golf, like superstars, you know, Scandinavian-wise, with Victor Hovland and the Hoy Guards, and now Ludwig Obear. That's has to say something for all those Scandinavian golfers out there. It's something that we haven't really seen in the past. Oh, it's a hundred percent right. One of my best friends, one of my teammates from Oklahoma Christian is from Norway. And he would tell me about how the, the courses there are only open like five months out of the year. They have well, one thing that they've really done over the last decade or two, in particular is they've have great indoor facilities. They'll have, you know, essentially huge buildings where you'll have a hundred yards and then you'll have a net that you can hit into. So there's ways that you could practice around the cold because those winter months there are very, very severe. So, yeah, it's a testament to what that part of the country has been able to do. Not really good for us USA Ryder Cup fans because, as y'all just mentioned, the fact that all the top guys seem to be coming from that that continent, it is very alarming for the future of the Ryder Cup potentially ever winning one across the pond. But just to also go back to O'Bear, and we talk about how fast he's come up, and let's just list off some of the other finishes that he's had on the PGA Tour, or in DP World Tour as well, as you mentioned. He won the Omega European Masters back in September. He finished 10th at the BMW PGA. Actually, had the lead and played very ba- very poorly on Sunday, or could have won that as well. Finished t- tied 2nd at Sanderson Farms, 13th and 10th his last two tournaments here. He's only missed one cut since turning professional. That was at the Genesis Scottish Open, where he putted absolutely horribly there. Probably got in a little bit of wind and things like that. Can occur. He finished 64th at the 3M, but other than that, his worst finish, and he finished 40th at the Rocket Mortgage, but other than that, he has all top 25 finishes since he's turned pro. 
it's that's something that we haven't seen in a long time, and that's something that comes along once a decade, it seems like. So this is the definition of a gen- generational talent, Woody. And unless something happens with his personal life or he gets into some injuries or something like that, it, it's going to keep on going up from here. Oh, I think it will. And, and again, this kind of makes you guys with the OGR, uh, OWGR, it, it shows you how out of touch they are anyway. I mean, it, I know he was in college, but I, I don't think he was 3,000-plus uh, rank. He shouldn't have been, okay? What what you are seeing now, though, guys, that, that and this is what's impressive, is our college coaches are looking – worldwide and just think how Hovland ended up at Oklahoma State because Alan Branton was overseas and saw him he didn't know who he was he saw him play with another kid he was recruiting and all of a sudden he went wow this guy looks pretty good you know so what what will is those coaches go around the world and get more and more let's say videos and uh YouTube videos of kids playing and their swings and everything else uh i I would have never dreamed gentlemen back in 1975 when i was a senior in high school getting ready to recruit and go to oklahoma state that the college would look and the pro game would look like it looks right now it literally is mind-boggling to me how good golfers are from one tip of the earth to the other it's it's just amazing. I, I I think the future for golf is phenomenal, but the future for American golf is going to get weaker and weaker until our guys learn how to I I don't know get a silver spoon out of their their buttocks and and just learn how to play better because these Europeans are not going away and they're getting better and better and better. No, that's exactly right. And by the way, last thing I will say is the PGA Tour needs to send a thank you note to Live for basically putting the pressure on the PGA Tour to start giving these guys PGA Tour cards, or at least one guy every year PGA Tour cards, out of PGA Tour U. And we wouldn't have even seen any of this stuff that Ludwig Gobert has done if it weren't for the fact that he was going straight from college to the PGA Tour. And the only reason they did that is to stop Liv from poaching those top players from college, T-Dub. We almost never even saw this from Ludwig Gobert. We would have seen it on the Corn Ferry Tour. That's a very good point. The stuff that should have been done for a long time. And it is interesting that it was the year that O'Bear or that they first implemented this essentially where you could get a PJ tour card ends up being one of the best talents that the game has seen in some time. I will say that in all honesty with how great he is, he probably would have gotten sponsors exemptions into some tour events and probably would have been able to stay out there and play a little bit. Anyway, I think he's that good, but yeah, we wouldn't have seen what we have because when he first came out, he had some decent finishes, but wasn't anywhere good to what he's done since. Really, the Wyndham is where he's turning on. Hasn't had worse than, than a 14th finish since then. So that's when he really started to get it figured out. And then having the learning experiences like he did at Wentworth, where he had the 54-hole lead and shot 76 in the final round and dropped down to 10th place. Those are things that you have to go through at some point in your career to be able to become a superstar. Everyone does it, maybe with the exception of Tiger Woods. But at the same time, you have to endure the pain and the suffering of, of having the lead and then losing it before you can learn it. And so having that, Already get it done, I think, is how he was able to. Without that, would he have still shot 61 61 this weekend, potentially? But I definitely think it was a great help to that. So, yeah, a lot of things going right for Obear right now. It's really just 
the ideal path that you want to draw for someone to be a, a, a potentially a legend in this game. You know, Sam, you hit on a really good point that Lib did force that hand. And that Lib's done, whether you like him or not, we've discussed this. Lib has made some great changes for the PGA Tour. For those guys playing the PGA Tour, they all ought to send a Christmas card to Greg Norman um, and, 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 and the Saudis, for that matter, all of them. Here's the deal that I like about that, what you just said. I love the fact that they're giving the young and upcoming guys a place right off the bat to perform at that high of level. Golf's changed from those days, like I've said. That, 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 the 125 guy that's hanging on, I don't even know what his name is, and that's not uncommon. Um, that's where you need to roll out those guys and roll in these new superstars. And before the way the system was, is I mean, it's I don't care how good a golfer you are, there's a chance you could have missed a tour school. You get a bad week, you get sick, something happens, you get an injury. You could miss a tour school. We've all talked about how hard it is to do that. By giving those really good, we know, superstar kids a place to go immediately and play a year, over a year's time, they're going to they're gonna perform. And that's, that's exactly what Hebert's done. He, given the time, there was no way he wasn't going to get out there. Giving two or three sponsors exemptions, he might not given that time. So I love what they're doing. I'm not on the 125 or the 126 or the 122 guy, but they're not as important to the game as these young and upcoming superstars. Great stuff there. And congratulations to Texas Tech's Ludwig O'Bear. Let's switch to the other Scandinavian that won a big event over this past weekend. Nikolai Hoygaard wins the DP World Tour Championship in Dubai at 21 under, wins by two shots over Tommy Fleetwood, Matt Wallace, and Victor Hovland. We talked about O'Bear's nine under in the final round. Nikolai Hoygaard shoots eight under in the final round in birdies 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 to end up winning this golf tournament by two shots. Fellas, I thought for a second I was going to pull off the impossible and pick Aubert win on the PGA Tour and then Victor Hovland to win on the DP World Tour. It didn't happen. We still have never had someone pick two winners in the same week. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the meteor would smash an earth the minute that that occurred because it would just it would just set the world on fire is what it would do. But nevertheless, Nikolai Horgard played exceptional golf as you mentioned those last six holes. After making that bogey on 12, comes in with five straight birdies after that. He's been playing really good since the Riders' Cup, essentially. Finished second at the Nedbeck Championship. Going back to then, he did have a finished 31st at the Zozo and had a couple other finishes in there. But at the same time, yeah, he's he's one of those guys. He's only 22 years old. He's more than a year younger than O'Berry. So he's got plenty of time. His brother Rasmus as well, I believe, finished 10th in the tournament. So it, they're looking very, very promising for uh, the, the future of uh, Scandinavian, as you were alluding to earlier, Sam. It's just the potential's there. And it was also a lot of great guys were on Nikolai's trying to chase him. You had Matt Wallace, who ended up burning every hole in, in the third round. He birdied every single hole on the back nine for a, tw- a nine under 27 to shoot a 60. That's just pretty crazy. That's some stuff that you do on the old Tiger Woods video games or the new 2K games now. It's really the only time you see 
something like that. It's a great job for Matt Walsh to do that and end up getting a tied second finish along with Tommy Fleetwood and Victor Hovland were there as well. So that's, a, that's one thing that looks to me about it, Woody, that I'm so impressed with is that Nikolai was able to go out there and have such a great finish. And it is essentially the church championship version of the DP World Tour. But having all those great players on his ass as well makes the win even better. It does. It shows some pretty good moxie right there. Uh, you know what, guys? What's going to be fun now with this changes we got, we're going to have 10 Europeans come off that DP and come to our tour. What kind of success are they going to have? I I question it. I really do. There might be one or two that will probably end up staying. And, and give you a little insight when I look at this, the reason why I say this, the DP tour is still not that all that strong a tour, guys. It, it's pretty top-heavy with some really big names and then gets pretty doggone weak. The PGA tour is pretty top-heavy, and then it doesn't really get that weak. And, and what I'm saying is these guys, travel's going to be big. They're going to have to almost get a condo or something in Florida. They aren't going to be able to go back and forth. If they do, they're going to fail miserably. Jet lag will eat them up. Okay. The other thing I'm going to tell you is they're going to have to get used to not making a cut shooting even par or one over par, which a lot of times on the DP tours, you can do that. Not on the PGA tour. We are so deep that the guy leading and the guy making the cut, the leader might be 15 under, but then you get into the middle of the pack, there'll be 50 guys within three shots of each other. And the cut will be five under instead of even par. And it won't take long for those Europeans to get the pretty good butt whacking. And if they if they are really good, like this Moroc might be good enough to do it, um, they'll stay. But if they're not, trust me, they'll run back home with the tail between their legs and go, well, yeah, that took a lot harder than I thought it was. Plus, the golf courses are harder, guys. Just trust me on all these things. Watch those 10 players. See how they do. If they don't get off to a good start, you'll see them just go back home and play on the DP tour. Yeah, fellas, you're exactly right. And that's one of the main things that we don't really talk about when we talk about the Live PGA Tour merger, Jay Monahan, Greg Norman. We always forget about Keith Pelly, how he has turned the DP World Tour into a feeder tour, which is basically, if we were ranking tours right now, it goes PGA Tour, then Live then Corn Ferry Tour, then DP World Tour, fellas. And we'll see some solid fields like this DP World Tour Championship or the Scottish Open, some of the bigger DP World Tour events. But other than that, uh, Corn Ferry fields are just as good, if not stronger, uh, than the DP World Tour fields. By the way, some of the big names in this event, John Rahm finishes uh, tied for fifth at 17 under. Rory McIlroy finishes at 10 under par, tied for 22nd. Robert McIntyre, 11 under, tied for 18th. Uh, so some decent showings. Uh, nothing phenomenal from those top guys, T-Dub. No, nothing exceptional. Like we mentioned last show, I was really looking at Rory to see. I'd like that new driver he put in. Maybe it'd be something different. But shooting 71, 72, first two rounds, it's going to be really hard to do anything after that. Shoot the 65 in the third round. He thought, okay, well, maybe he'll come back to our top five finish or something like that. But then ends up shooting two under 70 in the final round. So, yeah, nothing too special from Rory. The news of him not being on the player board as was what kind of stole the show for him this week. And so it'll be interesting to see how his 2024 goes because we've he's, it's a broken record at this point, the major championship thing, if he'll be able 
to get over. And if he keeps playing like he has, uh, what has been the case, Woody, then he's not going to do anything. So yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I'm I'm very intrigued to see what happens with Rory for whatever reason. I know that you guys aren't the biggest fan of his. I've been a big fan of his, uh, really going back a long time. So I, I I don't know. I got an eye on him for whatever reason, Woody, but I, I'm just not that optimistic. Seems like he's more worried about shit going on off the course than he is on it. You know, I've heard you guys say this countless times. Father time is undefeated. And whether we like it or not, Rory's 34 years old. And before you know it, you blink, and he'll be 40. And then you got to start looking and saying, well, okay, there's a few athletes that go into their 40s that were exceptional, but how many more A-bears are coming? <laughs> you know what, guys? It's a steady stream, I think. And not only now, getting in the United States, coming over and playing golf here, but all over the world. Well, you know, heaven forbid we haven't really talked about Australia, Asia, all these other places is where they're coming from also. So I got to look at the, the, the quality of golf just keeps getting better and better. Is Rory McIlroy still a world-class player? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, are you kidding me? Uh, but with every year that goes by, I don't know, guys. He, he might he might have, what's he got, four majors, right? Yes. Or does he have five? He has four. Yeah, he's he? got four. Kepka has yeah. five. I wouldn't be surprised if, if we aren't talking 10 years from now and he's still got four. That's just my personal opinion. Unless he does something different, I don't know. Let's talk about, you know, Rory McIlroy. Obviously, last week we did a deep dive into what we think Rory needs to do over this offseason, kind of did a deep dive into his season in 2023 because of the big news that he was resigning from the PGA Tour policy board. Let's talk about who's taking over for Rory McIlroy on that PGA Tour policy board. It was announced over this past week that that man will be Jordan Spieth. Now, it makes complete sense to me that the PGA Tour would want Jordan Spieth in that spot. What doesn't make sense to me is why Jordan Spieth would want to take that spot, T-Dub. It just seems like uh, we just saw what Rory what Rory's game looked like after having to put that PGA Tour policy board as a priority. I just don't want to see that happen to Jordan Spieth, whose game is not in the position that even Rory McIlroy's was, and we saw how big of a distraction it was for Rory. Well, to put it in perspective, Rory McIlroy is such a better golfer right now than Jordan Spieth. It's honestly kind of a joke. Spieth hasn't won going all the way back to the RBC Heritage last year in 2022. Went all of 2023 without a win. Did lose in a playoff at the RBC this year to Matthew Fitzpatrick, so that might be a place to look for Spieth play because Harbortown absolutely suits his game tremendously. He finished fifth at the Memorial, finished sixth at the FedEx St. Jude, but really, and then he finished fourth at the Masters, but was never in contention there. So it's, you look at it, and he he had a very lackluster season. He's a 31st-ranked player analytically right now, and you're hard-pressed to find – you go out and just speak to someone who doesn't even watch golf, and they know who Jordan Spieth is by the name. So maybe Spieth's under the impression, well, maybe if he does this stuff, maybe it'll actually change his game around. I know he had the baby recently, so that's something that you have to always look at going forward. So I think that – I think his 2024 will be better than 2023, Woody. But at the same time, I'm with Sam. But the fact that you know that you're going to have no power and no say in the things that actually matter, I have no idea why any player would want to do this besides a little bit of a bonus check that you get for being on the board. I don't either. I, I have no idea, especially when they 
unless they start really having a say and have some kind of stroke on it, I don't know why you'd want to waste your time. I just know one thing we've seen here in 2023. We saw, now, Colin did win at the end of the year, which was cool, but Jordan did not play good. Justin Thomas didn't play all that good. Even though we brag on Shoffley and Cantley, did they really dominate guys? No. No, they didn't either. Uh, Scheffler, uh, he was top 10 in Alps Kazoo. Did he win that much? No, he did not. So I see a trend of the Americans going the wrong way. And getting on policy boards will take them even further into the ditch, if you ask me. Get, they're not they're not staying focused on their games, okay? So we need some Americans to really get off to good starts in 2024. If not, it, it, it's going to be a tour that's going to get kind of old saying, well, when's an American going to win a golf tournament? We need to have that. Okay. So uh, let's see. But I, I, I don't like the way the Americans are going. I surely like hearing that Jordan Spieth is going onto that policy board. Now, he was one of our guys I was hoping was going to have a great year, and I don't know that he's going to now. Yeah, and what you nailed it earlier when you said the top players in the world right now are not American. You got Rom, you got Rory, you got Hovland, and you got Ludwig Obert in no specific order. Um, I agree with you guys on American golf, and I agree with you guys that this is going to be a distraction for Jordan Spieth, whether you like it or not. So not the greatest news if you are a Jordan Spieth fan as far as, you know, He's going to be a little bit distracted this year, um, even if he handles it well. Um, fellas, let's talk about other changes when we talk about PGA Tour golf and PGA Tour on TV. Paul Azinger is out at NBC as the lead golf analyst. His contract was not renewed at the end of the season. They're looking a different way and at least for the hero world challenge which we'll get to here in a little bit kurt byram will provide the analysis for nbc during the hero world challenge in place of paul azinger uh, obviously they're saying who left the network i think he was more or less fired and told to leave um azinger countered an initial one-year extension and it was rejected by nbc citing a changing golf landscape. Uh, I thought the Azinger was like a kind of Walmart version of Johnny Miller. I I didn't necessarily love listening to Azinger. I don't necessarily hate this news, but you never like to see someone get fired. Well, you don't want to see that at all. But at the end of the day, I think a change did need to be made. He would say the occasional one or two tidbit type thing. Yeah, okay, well, that makes a little bit of sense. Or that's a pretty good analogy. Or he'll say some little funny saying, and you're like, okay. Well, he's not horrible. But then you watch the other 95% of the broadcast, and you're like, what am I listening to? There'd be times where I would just mute it because I'm just like, I can't put up with it. He would say things that were just so blatantly obvious, and you would act like that they were hard to understand, which I get that some people watching it may not understand. But at the same time, it, it was a lot of things he did, Woody, were just difficult to me. But what we do see on a lot of occasions, you get rid of someone because you think you get someone better in there, and they're not. It's Kurt Byron's apparently going to do the hero. I would sure hope that he's not going to be the person to replace him because he's never done anything exceptionally for me when I listen to him talk. So I don't know, Woody. At the end of the day, I, I, there's a change that needs to be made, but who are they going to get in to replace him is going to be determined on if it was a good decision or not. I guess what you look at is they'll, they'll try to go again. 
because this has been their M.O. to look for a guy that was an established PGA player back in the day and won majors or something like that. They might get out of the box this time, guys, and maybe not go so strongly towards a former major champion a la Nick Faldo, Johnny Miller, uh, all those guys that, that, that have done that that gig. Uh, they might They might look some way – uh, again, get it out of the box a little bit. They might go a little different direction, especially being NBC, because they're they're notorious for getting out of the box. So, um, you know, they, it's almost like they took it upon themselves with getting rid of Gary Coke, Roger Maltby. They, they look like they're trying to go a different direction. Uh, they won't go as bold as what Liv's been going, but I think you might see something different from the announcing side of this this deal this next time. We'll see. I might be completely wrong. They might come back and do the same thing they've always done, but I, I don't know. I don't think they are going to this and, time. And, Woody, the tough part about it is that Johnny Miller and Nick Faldo, those guys are exceptions when we talk about great players who are also great at being in the booth. And it's rare that we see guys like that, right? Most of the time, the guys that Most are the better play, the better announcers in the booth were not necessarily the greatest players. When we talk about uh, Faraday or Maltby, like those guys were solid players on the PGA Tour, but they weren't world beaters like a Faldo or a you know Azinger or Johnny Miller. It's just rare to find a guy that's really good at both. If I were NBC, I would go the route of. You know, a guy like a Scott Verplank, right, who is going to give great analysis, maybe didn't have, you know, the the elite career that some guys have, but he's opinionated and gives great thoughts. And I'm not saying that Scott would ever, you know, get that job because he's affiliated with CBS and does a couple, you know, tournaments a year. I'm not sure that, you know, some of these guys want to travel as much as you have to for this job as well. Um Another guy that's affiliated with CBS that I think would be pretty good at the job would be a guy like Colton Nost. Maybe just a guy that's opinionated, gives good thoughts, can relate to the younger crowd. I don't know what direction, who that guy is, but that's that would be kind of the blueprint outline that I would be kind of searching for in this job search. I, I would be shocked if they you know just stuck with Kurt Byram, T-Dub. I really would be too. So I'm reading this article here from the Florida Times. It lists five guys and a couple others who they think would do it. I think this is pretty interesting because I want to hear y'all's opinion. The first one they have listed is David Duvall, which I think would be halfway intriguing. But here's these next few that that I know will blow your heads off. Brandel Chambly. Could you imagine if they put Brandel Chambly <laughs> in that spot? I don't know what I would do. And then the next one, Sam, your personal favorite, Dottie Pepper. What if they swapped Azinger out for Dottie Pepper? I, I just can't think of two worse candidates right there. So it goes back to the point I was saying earlier. Is who are you going to replace them with? The other guys they have listed here, who I think are no chance to do it. They have Charles Barkley, which would be extremely, extremely entertaining, but there's no way that that's going to happen. He that knows one they have more golf is than Phil Donnie Mickelson. Pepper does. A truer statement's never been said <laughs> there, Sam. And it'd be a hell of a lot more entertaining. The one that they have listed down here that I think is actually legit candidate, probably Davis Love the third. As much as I despise how he's handled the PJ Tour live stuff, that is a guy who would probably at least sound halfway professional in the booth. And another guy who I would like is, is Camilo. I thought he did a great job when he was in the booth, but now that he's won on PJ Tour, you got to think that he's going to continue to play golf because he has two years of exemption. So I don't know, Woody. What do you think? They're going to throw Brain Chambly or Dottie Pepper up there in the booth? 
<laughs> well, I hope not Chambly, but but you know if they're looking for a if they're looking for something that's a uh, a changer, uh, it wouldn't shock me to throw a woman in there. Uh, and Dottie Pepper has been kind of their little go-to girl. Um, you know, Annika Sorenstein would be better to me, but I don't think they'll put Annika in there, and I don't think Annika would take the job. Paul, um, Paul uh, Kramer I mean has done guys, some I of think, that stuff as well, fellas, but for NBC in yeah, the past. Yeah, Paul Kramer. You know, there'll be there'll be some people that are that, that there'll be that we'd go, huh? Who? But I think Sam, you hit on it the best. You have to have you have to have some knowledge of golf. You really do to be. The lead analyst, you have to have some knowledge of golf. You have to do your homework, which we hate for Andrew Champlee, but the guy does his homework. He goes out of the way to find things to irritate people. Okay, so would I want him? No, but he does do his homework. He does do a lot of studying and is is very intellectually sound. When you listen to him speak, he does he does know what he's talking about in a lot of cases. Might not like him, but he does know what he's talking His about. His delivery so, is one of the best on TV. That's about the only nice thing good. I'll say it, about Brandel Chambly. Well, and Davis Love, guys, I, I knew Davis when I played back in the day, and he's boring as hell. Holy, oh, might as well watch grass grow. Uh, I've never saw Davis Love as where he'd be uh, a guy that would be fun to listen to. He, I, you know, I take a nap almost religiously when golf comes on anyway. I don't even know if he'd speak one word and I'd fall asleep. So um, I think we're going to see it, but we'll, we'll probably – when does NBC really kick off their year? Do they – they're pretty early in the year, aren't they? Let's look at the 2024 PGA Tour schedule. Because it seems like NBC's got most of the early stuff where CBS picks up at about the Masters. But I might be just nuts there. They might kind of interchange each other. I mean, obviously the hero. Um, yeah, but that's, you know. I mean, you got the Century, you got the Sony, you got the American Express. I'm not sure which is CBS and which is NBC on those. I think I think those are all NBC. That's why I was kind of curious if they're going to, you know, bull rush and put somebody in there early as they can, or they're going to just kind of. Maybe use Kurt Byram, some other people, until they really decide on who they want uh, as they get further into the year. So these TV contracts, they change all the time. But this is how it used to be, if I'm remembering correctly. So the first, like, three tournaments of the year, the Century, the Sony, and the American Express, they're usually just on the Golf Channel. Maybe they'll have them on NBC for the Century. They may have them for primetime. But I believe the other ones, they just have strictly on the Golf Channel. I know the farmers that Tory Forever and the AT&T Pebble Beach have always been CBS. Uh, Waste Management's also CBS because that's when uh, Sam Ryder made that hole-in-one. It was Colt Nose and Bally Jonas who got covered in beer, so I remember that. The Genesis is always CBS as well. So I- I'm not exactly sure when it'll start. I know the Arnold Palmer has traditionally been an NBC tournament in March. The Players is on NBC as well. So, yeah, I think around that time is probably when it'll kick off the most because those are at least the bigger tournaments that a lot of people will be watching as opposed to the Mexico Open, which is in February now. There's not going to be – there's going to be a lot more people watching these other tournaments than that one. So, you're talking about, you know, they have until about the start of March to really, you know, figure something out. Or really, they have about until February to give those guys some time before the big events like the Arnold Palmer and the players. Yeah. Correct, and and also too, uh, for example, the when the uh, Golf Channel is owned by NBC, 
So if the century, which is a big tournament, they'll would ideally want to have whoever's in there at that point, but it's not going to be a, a head over. They could throw, they could keep Kurt Byram in there for those tournaments and then hopefully get the main guy that they wanted, maybe announce him at, at the Arnold Palmer or the players or something like that. That would probably be the best move in my opinion. Unless they fired Azinger knowing exactly who they wanted to bring in, which I guess is a, a distinct possibility that that could be the case. Fellas, let's talk about this, then hit a break. When we're talking about TV, ESPN is getting the short end of the stick with this TGL news. If someone missed it out there, the TGL Rory and Tigers simulated golf league in the dome will be delayed until 2025. Initial reports were that the TGL was going to be delayed. That was from our man Flushing It and Luckiest Golfers Alive down in Florida. And then the TGL itself came out after the fact and said, no, we are still planning on starting on January 9th. And then about a week later, the TGL came back out and said, we are going to have to delay this until 2025. Further investigation showed that we did have major damage to our technology, which isn't shocking when you see the drone videos of this SoFi dome that uh, collapsed, deflated, whatever you want to call it, down in Florida. So big shout out to uh, Flushing It for getting it right in the first place and Luckiest Golfers Alive. They were right on top of this uh, with this collapse of the dome that the TGL was supposed to be playing in. Uh, Fellas, that leaves open dates for ESPN that we're going to show the TGL product on prime time on dates like January 9th, on Tuesday nights and things like this throughout 2024 my idea fellas was i said if i'm live i would try to get those tgl espn time slots in 2024 and play prime time you know kind of shells wonderful world of golf type matches tee off at noon in australia and it's perfect prime time in the u.s and play for cash mic the guys up I don't know what ESPN is going to show instead of the TGL, but if they wanted to show golf, Liv should you know step in and say, we'll take that spot for 2024. <laughs> I don't think that that would ever happen given the you know PGA Tour uh, TV contracts and ESPN with the Masters and all of that. There's a whole lot more that's going on behind the scenes with all of that. So I don't think that that would ever happen, but it will be interesting to see what in the world they're going to show for all these dates that the TGL is not going to be able to compete. Well, there's a good point with what are they going to put into that window. I'm sure they'll be able to figure something out. The biggest reason that you won't see live in that time slot is that ESPN is owned by Disney, and I don't expect Disney to, they're going to try to stay as far away from any Saudi involvement as they possibly can. But from just a personal kind of selfish perspective, I'm actually sad that it's going to be de- delayed a year. I was getting looking really forward to watching, especially to get to watch more Tiger Woods. I was going to love every single minute of it. But it's a consequence of what happens to when you have your infrastructures get completely destroyed. And whatever reason happened, power surge, lost power. It's just absolutely crazy that a roof could cave in because of that. But it's the world that we live in nowadays. And the technology did get damaged, so they're going to have to repair that, hopefully. In 2025, we'll be able to start it up, but we live in a different world today than we did a week ago. A lot of things can change within a year, Woody. So hopefully, 
2025, we'll get to see a little bit of the CGL just to see exactly how it all works out. But it is a, a real bummer that it is going to be delayed a year. I was looking forward to it, too, because this was going to be the year that, in my opinion, the PGA Tour is really going head-to-head with Liv at this this juncture. With the TGL, I was going to see some team, which is what we've all talked about the Liv. Okay, they did the team concept. In this 2024, we're going to have shortened fields and no cuts. Uh, that remind you of anything else we've seen for the last two years? So it I was kind of excited for this, guys, because it was it would look like to me the PGA Tour is copying this almost verbatim is what they're trying to do in a lot of ways, which is part of the process I think of live going away. Um, you know, it's it's what Greg Norman did before trying to get started with the World Tour, and they squashed him, and then sure enough, we ended up with the World Tour. So. Again, we go back to like live or not like live, and he, I don't care how big a PGA fan you are. If those two little options of golf they're throwing out didn't scream to you that, wait a minute, this wasn't that bad of an idea, uh, yeah, get your head out of the hole that you're in or get your mind off that, oh, no, 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 because this was another sign of way golf is changing because of live. Real quick, uh, T-Dub, you said that Disney would want to stay as far away from Saudi involvement. Well, too late because uh, back on May 15th of 2020, the Saudi Arabia's PIF bought more than 5 million shares in Disney, which is valued at just under 500 million. Just was going to throw that out there. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Yeah, that could, that could definitely happen as well. But it, it's more the, once again, that's something that, no, I'm with you. I'm just, I was just basically saying you know, that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no, I'm totally with you that it would never happen that, you know, Liv would be on ESPN in, right now, maybe in the future, but I'm just saying, you know, the PIF's involved in a whole lot more than we're even aware of, but it's just a big yeah. big deal when uh, when we're talking about golf. Follow yeah, the money, Sam. To be Follow the money. The outlier. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like you said, we don't know what the PIF has. I, I would guarantee you they have a – Nine figures in almost every single S&P 500 company, if I had to guess. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Fellas, let's go ahead and hit a break. After the break, we're going to talk about the Australian Open and also talk about the Hero World Challenge. Tiger Woods will be back at the Hero World Challenge. Who's going to be caddying for Tiger? We'll talk about it after the break here on the 73rd hole. Oklahoma's leader in golf. Hey everyone, T-Dub here. I want to take a second to tell you about my good friends at McCray Roofing. Not too long ago, my roof was in desperate need of repair. There was extensive hail damage and I had many leaks that needed attention. Not only did Jeff and his staff build me a new roof, but they walked me through step-by-step of the claims process, which is something that I was very, very concerned about. Everything from the initial inspection of the roof to analyze all the damage to meeting with the insurance adjuster to make sure they were aware of every damaged area, making sure my claim was accurate. Their custom copper creations are truly beautiful and add a great touch to any roof. Not only do they do residential roofs, but they have an elite list of commercial customers, including Gallardia Country Club, Oak Tree National, and Bass Pro Shops. Check out their website at mccrayroofing.com to view some of their work yourself and give them a call at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000.
on the other side of the break on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Speaking of Golf Oklahoma, go to golfoklahoma.org and hear Kim McLeod give all of the local golf news, writing great articles on a daily basis. One of those articles you can read on golfoklahoma.org is all of the guys with Oklahoma ties that have advanced into final stage of Corn Ferry Tour School. That would be Zach Boshu, Josh Creel, Grant Hirschman, Chris Ventura, Brendan Jelly, and Garrett Reband. All of those guys make it in advance to final stage. Any thoughts on those guys, T-Dub? It was great to see you got six players there with Oklahoma ties going to be representing Corn Ferry Tour final stage. It really is cool to see that that, and it goes to show how much talent there is in this state. And it's going to be a trend that continues going forward. It's, we're not going to see one person from with state ties make it next year or anything like that. This is going to be a one-off fluke thing. It shows the amount of potential that this state does have. And to see all six of those guys, Woody, hopefully all of them will be able to make it through. That would be extremely cool to see. That And one other thing that's interesting to point out is that a lot of people remember Garrett Reband from having such a horrible Nationals appearance there and a lot of people blame him for them not winning a national championship that year it's good to see him get his game back because i know he got a lot of slander from a lot of people around here those guys uh you know the odds are all six making it we we all know how difficult that is but you know just watching your pro scratch that we had up there at oak tree national a couple weeks ago and and seeing just the talent that's on the wall up there that we've grown through just Oak Tree, not not counting all the other clubs around Oklahoma where some of these guys play out of. So we're lucky. We, we keep putting out some really good players, and uh, uh, God willing, we'll keep doing it because of the great schools we have here, and everybody that goes to these schools has that tendency to want to kind of stay in Oklahoma a little bit while they, while they still can when they're young. It's kind of cool to watch. So I'll be pulling for every one of them. I hope all six make it. I know that's going to be tough, but I'm sure hoping they do. No doubt about it. Big shout-out to all of those guys. Some of those guys, friends of the show. Big shout-out to all of those guys. Not only great players, but great guys off the course as well. Fellas, let's talk about the big news in the world of golf over this past week. We are getting to see Tiger Woods play golf again on an elite level. Tiger Woods is committed to play in the Hero World Challenge on November 30th through December 3rd. This marks the first start since his withdrawal at the Masters in April. Obviously, he had the sub-Taylor fusion surgery that happened right after that. Fellas, I watched Tiger live at Augusta, and it was tough to watch. He could barely walk, but the new videos we see of him strolling up and down stairs, walking the course with Charlie, catting for Charlie, it looks like Tiger might be on the uptick a little bit when we talk about his health. And he's even talked about in articles how it's not the foot that's giving him problems anymore. It's when he's sore, it's everything he compensated for trying to come back maybe a little too early, something we warned all of our Tiger Woods fans about whenever he came back from the foot injury. We don't want Tiger to come back too fast and... It's tough to say whether he did or didn't. He was making the cut at major championships, but also wasn't able to finish because of that foot injury. And fellas, 
Now we are going to see where Tiger Woods' health is. We'll talk about the game after the fact, but I just want to see him walk 72 holes, and we are going to see that for the first time at the Hero World Challenge on November 30th. Uh, And it brings a great question because Joey LaCava is now caddying for Patrick Cantlay. That means that Tiger does not have a caddy as of right now. Who is going to be caddying for Tiger Woods at the Hero World Challenge? I think that probably the best guess just for a one-off at the Hero, I would like to see Charlie on the bag for Tiger Woods at the Hero World Challenge. That would be extremely exhilarating if we were able to get that happen. There is a chance of that occurring for sure. I'm just, with all the news that had happened over this last couple months, I would have been pretty shocked if Tiger ended up didn't play the hero so it's it's good to see that it actually was the case and i'm like you sam i'm just ready to see him play just 72 holes of competitive golf just to see how his body holds up see how the, the swing holds up because even he, he may walk around just fine but the swing could could start to show signs of fatigue in the last couple of rounds so that's going to be something that i watch out for there how about another guy that we could throw out there as a potential guy on the back how about joe lacava jr the guy that's caddy for Charlie in the PNC. I think that would be a good take, and that would be a, a nice thing for Tiger to do for, for Joey is that let his son caddy on the bag. I think that of all the people that I think could be a potential to be a, a long-term solution for Tiger when he plays in majors, give me give me Joe LaCava's son. I like that. I, I don't think that's far off, to be honest with you. I don't I don't really know what he'll do. Uh, I, I do know this. If, if Tiger Woods didn't think he could play – He'd retire, guys. I think he would. I, I still believe there's a part of him that still wants to play some more majors on the Champions Tour, the Senior Tour, whatever you want to call it. That's a good start. It, let's just see how it works out. I don't. I, I've got low expectations because I just don't know what he can and can't do anymore. So uh, that way, if my expectations are real low, guys. Uh, I'm not letting that on if he doesn't. Excel, You know what I mean? I'm just trying to set everything at such a low bar now that anything positive I get is just icing on the cake. Yeah, no doubt about it. The expectations are super low. Just because we haven't seen him finish 72 holes being healthy. And so, fellas, I don't know what to expect. We've seen it time and time again. I can't tell you how many times I've said how good he looked at Southern Hills on the range, just absolutely striping it. He makes the cut, and then his body gives out on him. I want to see if he can play 72 holes and walk 72 holes, which is like walking six to eight miles a day, and his body hold up. If he can do that, he might be able to compete one last time in a major championship but we're never going to see elite Tiger Woods again, but I think he could compete for one week if his body can hold up for 72 holes, T-Dub. Well, to put it in perspective, what we saw at Southern Hills, at least from my perspective, no, no one hit their irons better than Tiger, and it wasn't even close. It was a, it was a one, and then a two, three, four, five were all kept by Tiger. The, the crispness and the control of the irons, the ability to work them different ways, and just the, you could just tell he was in complete command of those shots. When he pulled the driver out, you could tell it wasn't the same as the Rory, the Cam Young, some of the other bombers out there were definitely better off the tee than Tiger was. But all the other aspects, Tiger was absolutely elite, which gives me thought that he could do something like this. As we mentioned last year, the two main things that I think are going to hold him back with the exception of his health 
or the fact that his putter hasn't been the same in quite some time. He's going to have to get that figured out. And then coming up in December, he'll be 48 years old. What he said earlier, father time is undefeated, and unfortunately Tiger's going to have to fight against father time as he has currently, and he's got his body going against him too. So there's a lot of factors here at play. But from what I've seen over the course of his 30-year career now, Woody, I, I can't ever doubt the man because he's done things that I did not think were possible on the golf course. Yeah, I'd still, I, guys, I, for him to compete at PGA Tour level, I, I, I'm going to say I don't see it going to happen. But I think what he's trying to do, I still want to believe this, and I still hope it's true, so that we can see him through the next maybe seven, eight years. He's gearing up to go play, let's hope, uh, the U.S. Open at Oak Tree National in 2027, where you guys really get a chance to go watch him. Um He's always been a phenomenal ball striker. That's never going to change. That, that, that We can get used to that, and we'll never see anything different than that. I'm hoping that that's what he's gearing up towards. I, again, I'm not putting much uh, – oh, not, not much thought into even the Masters coming up. If he gets to play in it, making cuts would be great. Winning these majors, I don't know. I think Tiger's done with 15. I want to say that maybe that'll get him to do one or more and everybody will go, I told you what he's coming back. I'm not going to be a traver. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to go that crazy, but I, I don't know that we, we got to be realistic here and I don't see him winning a major again on the PGA tour. There's one guy I would never bet against. And that is tiger woods. Let me throw one more name out there for you guys. Uh, Steve Williams, you know, was caddying for Adam Scott from 2011 to 2017. Then uh, with Danielle Kang from 2017 to the end of 2017. And then uh, Jason Day in 2019. But I it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that Stevie Williams is caddying for anybody currently. And I don't see some, you know, great caddy leaving a good bag, a younger bag to go to Tiger Woods at this point in Tiger's career. So maybe... Uh, an older Steve Williams and an older Tiger Woods reunite T-Dub, or is that relationship too broken? Boy, wouldn't that be the definition of getting the band back together right there? That would be so sweet to see that happen. But from everything that you hear, I think the bridge was burned too extensively back in the day. I I don't know exactly what all the details were that that came from it. But at the same time, it it wasn't actually right after his uh, Tiger sexual stuff because that happened in the end of 2009-2010 and Stevie Williams stopped being Tiger's caddy in 2011. So they, they tried to go for a little bit there, but there was something that occurred that was not ideal. I mean, they were they weren't just caddy and player. They were like Tiger was in Stevie Williams' wedding. So there was a lot of brotherhood there and something occurred and whenever you have a, a brotherhood and things snap, it's hard to get that back. Would I love to see it happen? Would he would be extremely, extremely cool but I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't see that one either because then, then you know what? Then we got to get Butch. So I don't think Butch <laughs> is coming back. So, um, that would be you awesome. Know, uh, you know, when the band's going to get back together, let's put the whole daggum band together, okay? And I, I wish yeah, that band well, never would have uh, broke up, Woody. Yeah, it's like the Beatles. It's like, you know what? Now there's, well, there's too many of them dead. So we're not going to see the Beatles again either. So. <laughs> Yeah, in a perfect world, that's great, guys. But uh, I think Tiger, again, I think he'll get out of the box with this caddy here at the Hero. It could very easily be Charlie and carrying a little bag because I think Tiger wants to go into this with low expectations so that everybody doesn't make it the Tiger show. Um, 
it, it is the hero challenge. There are some really great players in the field. Um, no matter what, whenever Tiger's playing, he takes away. Everybody wants to see Tiger. I get it. But he, I think he'll go into this kind of as, as, as under the radar as he can. It'll be a great test for him. Um, you know how – you guys know how analytical and how Tigerish he is. He He's the only guy that knows what he's looking for right now. He has something that he has to see before he gets motivated and more excited to do more and more and more. So this week, he is out there testing something that he needs to see him personally if he can do. And if you can, then guess what? We'll see more. If we can't, then I don't know what's going to happen. Fellas, if I had to guess on Tiger's caddy, I think that Charlie might do it for the hero. But then once we get into major championships, we all know how Tiger Woods is. He, If he's going to play in the major championship, he is going to expect to win that major championship, whether it's realistic or not, given his health. Um, so I think he might, once we get into some more serious events, more than the hero, he might go with someone who's been there before, some name that we hadn't thought of. Like, you know, when Joey LaCava came on Tiger's bag, no one had really thought of Joey LaCava going to Tiger's bag. Now, Tiger had a whole lot more golf left in him back when Joey LaCava took over on the bag. Um, but... I do think that once we get into major championships, he might go with someone more experienced. Oh, yeah, I couldn't agree more there. And the point you brought up earlier is great. It's going to be hard for someone to leave an existing bag and come to Tiger, unless they, unless Tiger just says, I'll give you a, a large lump sum of money in case I'm not able to play, then you may see that. I, I But I don't see someone like Joe LaCava leaving Cantlay's bag, who's a extremely young, promising player, has more than – 20 years left of his game in his prime and is going to come back to Tiger. Maybe that would be the case I, because it may be a loyalty factor there. I'm, I'm not sure exactly. I don't think that that would be the case. So yeah, maybe it's just someone that we're not even completely thinking of, or maybe there's a, an experienced caddy who's was slipping our mind. Who's not caddy right now besides TV who were saying, okay, well he'll come out and he'll caddy four weeks, four weeks out of the year, assuming Tiger's able to play every major. So yeah, I, like I said, I don't know. That's one of the biggest question marks we have right now we know how close tiger keeps everything in the vest so we're not going to know who's going to be his caddy and major championships for maybe he'll unless if charlie caddy's the hero then we definitely won't know but if he brings someone out there then we will so yeah there's a lot of unanswered questions on this i'll tell you one name that should throw his name in the hat that would be uh nick heinen what about nick heinen right uh, uh a guy that has already made a ton of money on live let's uh let's just throw my name in the tiger hat real quick i'll leave matt wolf to go to tiger <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think a lot of guys would leave a lot of people to go to Tiger. And I think what you guys are talking about is, again, if if Tiger thinks he's going to be able to go more than what we think or hope that he goes, but if, if he can play those majors for the next two years and a, a few terms on the side and then go to the Champions Tour and play some limited there, yeah, we might be surprised at who he can pull back or who he can suck in to carry in his bag. So uh, it's kind of like being a teacher. If Tiger calls you, you're going to turn him down. It's kind of tough, I would think. So uh, Woody, that's a good we'll point. That if he plays, if he plays well at the start of this season, or like shows that he can finish 72 holes, maybe compete a little bit, he might have more, you know, options caddy wise, right? But as of right now, yeah. I wouldn't leave, yeah. you know, some good up and coming player to go to Tiger, but. 
things can change fast and we will see with Tiger Woods headed into the future. The last thing we have on the docket today, fellas, is the Fortinet Australian PGA Championship. I'm pretty sure before the end of the last segment, I, I called it the Australian Open. It's the Fortinet Australian PGA Championship, fellas, and we got some big names in the event. Cam Smith is the best player in the event. You got Minwoo Lee, Cam Davis, Adam Scott, obviously all Australian players. Then you got guys like Joaquin Neiman, Adrian Moronk, Mito Pereira, Mark Leishman, Robert McIntyre, to name a few. Uh, T-Dub, what are your thoughts on, on the Fortinet Australian PGA Championship? It's a really good field. It truly is. Got a lot of great players, as you just mentioned. Really outside of the top 10 to 15, though, you get down and it's uh, pretty lackluster from there. Some noticeable names, but guys just aren't, aren't playing very good. Friend of the show, Rand Gibson is down the 41st ranked player analytically, so hopefully he can have a good finish down there. And it would be that would be extremely cool to see. And the main thing I had to check here, guys, was to figure out which, because Cam Smith last year, he won the Australian PGA Championship, which was this tournament. And then the next week, he decided to get drunk on a Thursday night and decided to miss the cut at the Australian Open. So I had to make sure to go back and differentiate which one was which. Woody. So just to clarify, this is the one that Cam Smith won last year. The Australian Open, which I believe is either next week or the week after, is the one where apparently you go get drunk after you have a, a couple bad days. And then they let you know, oh, you actually did make the cut, so come back and play a, a horrible third round and end up not being able to come back Sunday. <laughs> well, we know with him, there's nothing. You don't know what to expect with that boy. He's he's funny. He he's. Uh, I still think he was a perfect candidate for Liv because of the scheduling and how little he likes to travel. Guaranteeing tournaments in Australia, that's how they got him. So, um, let's be honest, gentlemen. We're going towards the end of the year. We we finally got a break on the PGA Tour. This, this is this is if you're really a golf nerd and you really want to get some more golf before the end of the year. Yeah, me personally, I've got seven grandkids here this week. I've got more family I can shake a stick at. Um, I don't have time hardly go to the bathroom, and when I do, I get interrupted. So I'm not going to watch golf. It's up to you boys to take care of this week. <laughs> I'm probably not going to watch it either, Woody. I might watch <laughs> some of it if it's in prime time. By the way, Cam Smith has won this Australian PGA Championship three times. Now, last year it was on this same golf course, Royal Queensland Golf Club, uh, but back when he won it in 2018 and 2017, it was at Royal Pines Resort, so a different golf course, but he's won this golf tournament three times. Uh, Jed Morgan won it in 21. Adam Scott won it in 2019. Um, if I'm prognosticating this event, I probably would bet on Cam Smith since he's won it three times. But like you said, TW, you never know how much golf Cam Smith has been playing. Uh, is he, you know, at home practicing and is he really fired up to win this for a fourth time or is he playing grab ass at the bar with his buddies? You, you just never know with him as well. But yeah, he has to be the favorite, at least on paper. But then you look at someone like Minwoo Lee, the second favorite, I think has a great chance to win the finish. 15th of the DP World Tour, finished 6th of the Zozo, won an Asian Tour event the week before. So you got to look at him. He's got a chance to play well. And then Mito Pereira, who's played a very solidly on live as well, finished 6th at Jeddah, finished 5th at the uh, the Asian Tournament, an Asian Tour tournament over there. So it's uh, there's uh, 
a lot of like I said, it's a very top heavy tournament, Sam, for sure. So it'll be interesting to see if I'm if I'm up in the wee hours or if it is in prime time, I'm definitely gonna check it out. But let's just put it this way, I'm not gonna set an alarm on my phone to make sure that I'm watching the Australian PGA. I don't think Sam will either. Sam, Sam still. I, I guarantee. I'm shocked today, T Dub. Sam had mentioned one thing about his Philadelphia Eagles beating the Kansas City Chiefs last night, and that, I thought fellas? that was pretty impressive. <laughs> I thought was that awesome. was pretty dang impressive last night. I was fly going, Eagles hey, fly. Hey, fly Eagles fly. That a boy. Well, hopefully the Eagles will be flying for Cam Smith at the Australian PGA Championship. Any uh, last thoughts, fellas? Did we miss anything today? We covered a lot. We did. The, the one thing that I did see come across my timeline, which I thought was interesting, is apparently Kepka's kind of been blasting Liv on social media because they don't have a schedule released yet, which looking back on it now, it's November 21st. I can't remember last year when the schedule was released because we know, Sam, you had the news about Cedar Ridge being an official live tournament. So it is pretty interesting that we're, we're going a long time now before we know the schedule. Does that have anything to do with merger news? I would assume not. But it's fairly interesting that it seems like Kepke and I'm assuming a few of the other players probably aren't extremely happy today. They have no idea where they're going to be playing in 2024. No, that's right. We still don't know if we're getting live golf in Oklahoma again. I would uh, venture to say that we probably are, but there's nothing official on that yet. Yeah, I, I saw the... Kepka thing where he was saying I <laughs> I want you guys to DM me the schedule is all I want on Instagram but yeah I think that part of it might have to do with the fact that there was some I would say it's there's probably some question on at least when the merger news happened what we're going to do here for the next year and I think a lot of those contracts they made with the courses for those tournaments were one-year contracts and so it just takes time to put together a full schedule what's that you know schedule going to look like compared to the PGA Tour what's the merger going to look like I think Liv had a whole lot more to figure out than the PGA Tour did with their schedule teed up yeah that's exactly right one thing that they'll always try to do is they're going to try to balance when the big PGA Tour events are and try not to go against them. That's one thing that they've been extremely vocal about that they try to do. So the PGA Tour schedule came out for 2024, came out about, what, three months ago or something like that, three or four months ago. So they've had a little bit of time to work around it. But as you said, when you got contracts and stuff, that's going to be very interesting. But Woody, from an official player's or a former player's perspective, what is it like to not know exactly, especially when you're that big of a name like, like a Kepka is, to not know where you're going to be playing the 14 events that you're going to have next year, it's got to be it's got to be fairly frustrating. Oh, I'm sure it is. I mean, you know, I, I was always lucky whenever I was on the tour. We knew our schedule; it was right there in front of you. Very rarely did we have any changes to that schedule. So, uh, if you were in the top 125, you could just absolutely plan your whole year. So, um, you know, Kepka though, I think Kepka is just like a bull in a china shop. I mean, he can't help himself sometimes. He's just so uh, he's just so wired different than most people. He he wants to get get going, and he wants to know where he's going to be. He wants to get his his mind and his body ready. And so, uh, the good news for 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 Kepka, though, guys, Brooks does know where the four majors are. So, Brooks, just get your mindset on those, <laughs> and don't worry about that other deal until it comes out. Okay, that's exactly right. And I think one more factor that we don't give live enough grace on is the fact that that was the first year they've ever had a full schedule in 2023 so it's trial and error i think one of the errors that 
uh, Liv made last year was the fact that they took a month break in between, what was it? They took a month break before Chicago at the end of the year, and they were kind of out of sight, out of mind, and then all of a sudden Liv was back, and then we were doing the uh, Miami Team Championship and the tournament in Saudi that no one could watch in the middle of the night. I think that they could change the schedule and make it a little bit more condensed to keep it on the top of people's minds but I don't know how that works out with the PGA Tour schedule obviously the Olympics coming up this year as well there's just a lot of factors that we don't even think of that's a good point too you have the Olympics going on which is something that the PGA Tour has already incorporated into their schedule so it'll be interesting to see how Liv says that as well and Woody mentioned we know where the four majors are so we'll go with the Augusta National, Valhalla is where the PJ Championship's at, Pinehurst is where the U.S. Open's at, and the Royal Troon is where the Open Championship is. So for anyone who to know where the four majors are, it's there. And for someone like Kepka, one thing that can be frustrating trying to plan for the majors is, like for example, Cedar Ridge was the week before the PJ Championship where he actually ended up winning, but we knew that Kepka didn't want to be didn't want to be there. He didn't want to play the week before. He'd rather have been up at the up, up at Oak Hill and practicing up there in those conditions. So that's probably the main reason he's frustrated because he doesn't know if he's going to have to be somewhere halfway across the world the week before a major, which I know is something that he wouldn't want to do. They wouldn't want to do that. They got to they got to rethink that deal. I know that their schedule's tough, but a lot of those guys do not want to play the week before a major, and especially the ones that are on the top echelon of the live. Those guys don't want to play the week before. They they really don't. So I think that live's got to look at that. That's correct. However, I would say I would argue just play devil's advocate that Kepka's win the week before the Masters could have given him a little bit of confidence headed into Augusta and then, you know, obviously played well at Augusta, didn't win, Rom did, but kind of propelled Kepka into having a really solid year and giving him that confidence. Maybe sometimes those guys don't want to play the week before major, but sometimes you can gain some confidence headed into those weeks. Um Fellas, great show today. We will be back next week with our Australian PGA Championship recap, and we will be talking more about Tiger Woods playing at the Hero World Challenge. T-Dub, thank you. Woody, thank you. This has been Sam Humphreys on the 73rd Hole Podcast. If you're not already following us on social media on X, it's at the 73rd Hole and on Instagram at 73rd hole and you can also please follow us on apple and spotify it's absolutely free it will just help us out and give you a notification whenever we drop a new episode like this one and you can always catch us at golfoklahoma.org and the sportsanimal.com and the sports animal app podcast page like i said thanks woody thanks t-dub this has been sam humphreys on oklahoma's leader in golf 73rd hole